0: This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello, and welcome back to Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. And today's episode, I'm going to be speaking to Jenny Stapleton, a lovely lady. We got connected together through an online program. And after much talk, we discovered that we had so many similarities to the work that we're here to do in the world, but also through our healing journeys, discovering that we're both highly sensitive and then realizing that. Actually actually we had the same experience of navigating chronic fatigue syndrome and That healing journey thereafter. So I'm going to introduce Jenny to let herself say hi and explain a bit about what she does in the world. But I know this episode is going to be really impactful and inspiring for a lot of people that are going through similar journeys as we have. So I'll hand over to Jenny and I'll get her just to share a bit about who she is and what she's now offering in the world.
1: Hi, Rachel. Thank you for that lovely introduction. So as Rachel said, we have a lot in common. I'm also healing from CFS, which is been a big part of my journey, which we'll hear more about as we go on. And I help adults whose parents had a difficult divorce when they were a child, and it's impacting the way they walk through life now. And I help them to feel safe and nurtured and feel their inner child The energies of flowers and
0: trees. That's so amazing and beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And as I said, kind of in the introduction, that yeah, we've both been through that journey with chronic fatigue syndrome, and Mm -hmm. I think through both of our work, we have really realized that a lot of this has a connection to our inner child and a lot of the experience that we've had growing up. So I love the fact that you've used something that you've gone through a difficult time and been able to like turn that around and support others with that kind of work. And Mm. Yeah, I think that's powerful. I'm so excited for you to share more about the energy work with the flowers, the trees, like the frequencies that we get to work with. But before we do that, I feel like it'll be really cool just to hear your story and how you actually got into this line of work and what like your journey has looked like. So how you've kind of ended up moving through all of these different things and now you're ready and inspired to start helping other people do the same.
1: Yeah, so... It's kind of hard to know where to begin but I think a good place to start is that I realised earlier that it's literally two years today when I first got COVID and that's when like my whole journey with CFS and everything that I've learned since began Mm -hmm. so it's quite poetic that we're doing this now two years later. (laughs) Um, Yeah so like so yeah so I got COVID and then like I just rested and had the fatigue and like normal symptoms but then I just never really went away especially the fatigue and the brain fog and then you know you go to doctors and they just tell you to rest and rest and rest and you try that and it doesn't really work and yeah so that's when like the fatigue really became like a a big thing Mm. like I say I call it sofa bound like I could get out of bed and go walk to the sofa. Being in a flat obviously helped because it wasn't too far. But then I could, I would just lie on the sofa and I wouldn't even be able to keep my head up. So like that was like my lowest point and I was really struggling like just to do normal basic everyday tasks like brushing my teeth or washing my hair. Mm. And you know, it's like a massive shock because you don't know what's going on and obviously I didn't have all the knowledge and information about it that I do now. So I do not really know what was happening or why and doctors just tell you to rest it doesn't really work so yeah yeah
0: yeah and I can totally relate to like how difficult that is when you're going through that journey and it's almost like this invisible thing that you're going through already the stress and the most, you know, it can be traumatic having to put your life on hold or feel as if you don't actually know what's wrong with you. And then the Western kind of medicine world, I think it's not that commonly known, or at least the way of dealing with symptoms like CFS and that we now know can be treated through different energetics and this mind body work that we do. It's not, it's not really addressed in the same way so as you said it's not a quick diagnosis and a quick journey so yeah Mm -hmm. I it seems like you've come a really long way and I know that you know having spoken to you that your journey with the healing of your CFS you're you're well on the right path
1: I am yes but like you said it's definitely a journey like like you said we're not really given that information or Doctors don't know how to deal with it, so we kind of have to come up with our own solutions and find them out for ourselves, which obviously always takes longer. But yeah, so leading on to that, or well, the first thing that worked for me was I found a lady called Trudy, White Star Soul Guidance. And with her, we went on all these soul journeys and cut calls from past lives. And she said I wasn't on my life path, and it was getting me back onto my life path. Mm. Um, because before that, I was trying to be a life coach and already to be a life coach for me like I thought I'd always struggled with what I was going to do career-wise like I always knew that I wanted to be happy and help people that would always be my answer when when I was a child and people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up Mm -hmm. um but that was as far as I got and then I always thought because I was always like you know the good listener the person people go to talk to when they're upset really kind and empathetic, so I always thought I'd be a counsellor, but then I knew I couldn't handle it emotionally. Mm. Well, oh, you know, like, in 10 years' time, I'll be able to handle it. I don't know why I thought that, but that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then 10 years came, and it was like, by that point, I'd learnt about the term empath and really resonated with it, and so I could sense that I was, oh, oh I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that. But then I was like really interested in like always worked on myself, like personal development and psychology. And then I found life coaching. And I was like, this is it. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I loved the course and like I did really well in the course. And I guess part of that is having an Indo-Caribbean mother who for their culture, it's very much about studying being the most important thing. So that was really ingrained into me. So I've always been a good student. But when it came to once I qualified and actually trying to become a life coach and make money from it, then I really struggled. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just because I had all these blocks, which I did have, that was part of it. But then also through Trudy that I realised it's because it wasn't my path Mm -hmm. and had all these other skills that I didn't know about like these energetic skills
0: and yeah yeah amazing what a journey that you've been on that's incredible the fact that you've gone through all of these things and actually when you start to look at the journey of coaching and working through these different blocks and then going through all this energy work and I think like as we were saying before, we we're not really, you know, sometimes we go on this this journey and we're just really uncovering so much about ourselves. And I'm really interested to sort of see what kind of work that you have been doing on an energetic level that supported you in your journey of healing from CFS, because obviously it's the work that you you're choosing to do now because you're you've clearly found a lot of benefit in doing that for yourself. So do you want to like share a little bit about the energetic work you said you met with uh Trudy who's been like a huge part of your journey and how it's you know allowed you to connect deeper with the energetic work the spirit guide connections and and the plant frequencies and spirits and things like that so it'd be great to hear more about that side of things
1: Yeah so with Trudy we do these, these soul journeys called um, future life progressions where we go and visit our best future mm. and then when I met her it was like well, if it's not life coaching, then what am I going to do? And that's the thing like, I could never have come up with this logically or thought this up myself. Like, there's just no way it would ever have happened. But yeah, so we did the the soul journey and I saw a peony, which I didn't know what it was called at the time. I just called it a, a big rose-like flower. And that was in the start of my when I first started working with her so I kind of forgot about it and then I think it's about nine months later about this time last year obviously I I did her um course in the meantime to teach me how to work with 5D energies and then that's where I realized my energetic skills um particularly around generating happiness Mm. yeah and I realized that's still when I was really struggling with CFS and I was really lonely you know when you're housebound and barely have like much like Human connection, then I was really struggling. And then I started creating this happiness energy in myself every day. And at first, like nothing, nothing changed externally, but I felt happier, even though I'm still in the same situation. Mm. And then as time went on from doing that, things started happening externally, which also brought me happiness. So that to me just showed me like the power of it. And it's like, wow, you can really. Affect your life. So I learned all of that. So last November in my meditation, I, I saw Peony again. Mm-hmm. I'd completely forgotten about that first session with Trudy and I told her about it. And she's like, Oh, yeah, you saw that in one of your future life progressions. And I was like, Oh, did I? And then because we had the recording, so I checked and I was like, Oh, yeah. And like, because I literally didn't remember any of that. So I still described it to her as like, oh, I always saw this big rose like flower. And then that kind of started the beginning of my own creating my own way, which was around the time. I also discovered CFS school, mm-hmm. which kindly connected me with, and that was like another piece of the puzzle, I would say, because yeah, because then I learned about like obviously through the course about like the mind-body connection and the nervous system work, and how it can all come down to, like trauma, usually from childhood. Mm-hmm. And that's when I connected the oh right, like like all these different issues that I have and all these blocks come down to my parents' d- divorce when I was a child. Mm. I just started working like using my skills that I learned from Trudy and what I learned from that course and like basically just started working with flowers energetically and healing my inner child with them Mm.
0: that's so fascinating and like I personally I know some people that are working in this space with the energetics of uh, plant spirits different frequencies and that sounds like a really powerful journey that you've had you know discovering your own gifts whilst being guided yourself to support your own energetic healing and ultimately, you know, helping you move through these chronic symptoms. And I know your journey, um, pretty well as just for some context for people listening, uh, there was an interesting connection between Jenny and I, where I reached out to her last year when I was actually going through some health things myself. And at the time really wasn't even sure what was going on. And I was going through a bit of a period where I felt a bit lonely and I was kind of seeking more like minded people. And both Jenny and I, knowing that we're highly sensitive, I reached out and just checked in just to sort of see how she was, see if she wanted to meet for a coffee. And she explained to me she was going through all these sort of symptoms and actually wasn't even well enough at this point to leave the house to meet. But after her sort of explaining her symptoms, she really opened my mind and allowed me to get in touch with the right healthcare uh, professionals to get a diagnosis myself of chronic fatigue. And as she sort of mentioned, I joined a program, CFS School, that then Jenny sort of moved on to it to do her own healing. So there seems like there's so many layers, I know, for you, like the energetic work and then going on to do the nervous system and the mind-body work. And I'm curious for anyone listening, is there any more detail you can give around this energetics? Because sometimes I feel like it can seem like quite vague for people that maybe aren't familiar with like meditation or guided visualizations, like just to explain a little bit more about how you managed to work on some of these deeper inner child programs and conditioning that really allowed you to start moving through your healing journey.
1: Yeah, so firstly, I would have loved to have met for coffee if I was up to it, (laughs) but anyway. There's still time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's still time, I like that. Yeah, so basically everything is energy. Like people hear energy and they think it's like something that only certain things have, like crystals. Everyone knows that, or lots of people know that crystals hold energies and frequencies, but everything is energy. So like crystals all have different, energies and we use crystals to help us if we want to have that energy of that crystal Then it's the same with flowers and plants the way i do it is uh, they call it a cosmic tea party mm. so then we have tea in the ethers and by ingesting that tea etherically it's like it's bringing it into your body and it's changing you on a cellular level so that the energies that you want for example so my first level is safety so with a peony it's about safety. So by bringing that energy into your, of the Pyrenee um, and safety into your body, you're feeling safe yourself, so you're, like, aligning with that energy. Mm-hmm. I hope
0: that makes sense. Yeah, so just to clarify from what I understood of that, it's you're being guided and you're doing all of this on a visual level, like, within the mind, and, and it's kind of embodying a sort of state or energetic frequency that you want to exist within yourself. Does that sound accurate, or is there kind of... Mm-hmm. Bit yeah, more.
1: exactly. It's like a guided meditation. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, amazing. It's really great to talk about this as well because, of course, we're. I think just the society that we live in at the moment is, you know, it, there's there's a reason why we're kind of skeptical to more of this any en- energy based work. So I think just talking about it, giving it a voice, is going to actually give a lot more people hope to try new things when they're going through challenges and dealing maybe with chronic symptoms, as you were. But ultimately, we know that as you kind of mentioned, like, after doing all of this work, you were guided to look back into your childhood and look at that inner child part of you who was feeling, you know, on some level scared, fearful. And from what we understand, a lot of these symptoms and a lot of these beliefs are rooted in childhood and are very deeply connected to our inner child and some of the things that our inner child is actually holding on to so would you like to share a bit about the impact of doing this work and connecting back to your inner child and how that's really supported you in your own journey
1: yeah so when I first visited her she was crying like like almost uncontrollably crying like really frightened terrified scared and the point that I would see her where my dad was leaving when as a child when they were getting separated obviously Mm. and i just thought like wow that's like so powerful like that it just shows like that as a point where like this is stemming from like for the past year like these exercises that i've been doing these cosmic tea parties or guided meditations whatever you want to call them so i've literally been just really nurturing her like she really craved nurturing so just giving her like the nurturing that she needed and giving her these different energies. And and now like whenever I see her, she's just really playful and like wants to play.
0: Mm, Amazing. I love Cosmic Tea Party, by the way. I'm going to have to buy it. That is so um, Yeah, so what I'm hearing as well, and I know, again, with some of these sort of terms, I like to just explain them a little bit more for anyone that hasn't really maybe come into experience with inner child work. But essentially, when we're working with the inner child, we're looking at a part of us that is essentially frozen in time it's a younger part of us if we look at ourselves as different parts we can see ourselves made up of all these different parts there's no good there's no bad but what we're doing when we're actually allowing ourselves to see ourselves as different parts is we can kind of look back at different points of our journey and see where our original programs and conditioning came from and when we're looking at inner child work we're going back to a point where we're essentially reparenting that small younger part of us that I guess is running the show a lot of the time. So a lot of the time when we're we're navigating things in our adult life, it can be so deeply connected to a younger version of us that is scared, that is fearful. And when I say they're kind of running the show, essentially the decisions that you make in your adult life can really be through that lens of a scared inner child. So that's why this work is so powerful because we get to explore certain parts of us that we wouldn't really know are there unless. We really started to do this work where we're looking back and actually exploring some of the deeper beliefs within us. So I love that for you, you are actually able to go back into your experiences and see that this divorce that you went through was actually quite a significant part of the conditioning and programming that you had, but also probably a big trigger for you, right, in your your chronic sort of fatigue journey, would you say, in terms of some of the symptoms and things that you were experiencing.
1: Yeah so I feel like you know like in CFS school they say about how it's like trauma trapped in the body or emotions trapped in the body and I know like when I was younger I used to hate crying and I'd just like try and push it down inside me until like some of thing would happen and I'd cry for like everything else that i pushed down beforehand Mm. and I think that was like a key part of it because I had obviously like the healing journey is not easy you have to feel all those feelings that you've repressed. So there was a lot of tears and crying and nightmares and processing the experience. It wasn't just like one incident, like, oh, my parents got divorced and it was sad for a bit and that was it. It's My whole childhood was like court cases and going between parents and like not being able to say something to one parent about the other and even to this day they refuse to be in the same room with each other or talk to each other so I still have that
0: Mm. yeah and that's that's the thing as well when we're looking at this it's like even as you know adult version of you right now it's like all of those things the adult version of you can of course you know be able to rationalize with your emotional brain and Cognitively, kind of make sense of that experience. But when you're younger, when we're going through those kind of difficulties, it's really hard to actually process what's going on. So, of course, this is again another reason why these big emotional experiences can get stuck within us, within the body. And that's why we we can really support ourselves by going back in time and actually working with the energy of the past and connecting into that little child so that that part's just met, it's seen, it's heard, it's validated. And then you can start to actually more intentionally bring about the change and the kind of new beliefs and the new conditionings and heal that, like that deep pain that you would have experienced and that confusion as, as a younger child.
1: Mm, Exactly. And it's like, because I knew on some levels, like, It affected me, like I knew it affected me romantic relationships and my fears of commitment, but then I didn't realise that, like, so many other things that it affected me, which came to the surface through my CFS. Well, I knew about avoiding conflict and feeling responsible for others' emotions and trying to fix them and then putting everyone else's needs for my own, obviously. When you have CFS, it quickly shows you where you're doing that because you don't have the energy to do that. So you literally just have to stop. Like, and it really shows you like where you're putting your energy and you're not getting it back. So, like for me, that was a key part of it as well. Like learning to say no and have boundaries, mm-hmm. and also like letting go of people. Like I always prided myself on being the person to stay in touch with everyone and spread love and happiness to everyone. But then it's like through this, you realise like okay. It has to be like a more of a two-way relationship. Some people aren't meant to be in your life ever, and that's okay. And another thing that I connected through two years is like using cards, like oracle cards. Like whenever I pulled an oracle card about, about my situation, I'd get two. So one would be the initiation, like it's happening for you, not to you, which was like really encouraging for me at the time. Yeah. Um, and then also the other one was the crumbling, like letting go of the old to make way for the new so that was like a key key part
0: of it for me as well Mm, yeah and that was kind of going to be my next question actually you know what are the inner child i guess beliefs and programs what were they showing as and yeah what kind of patterns did you recognize as a result of this uh difficult divorce for you because i think a lot of people will relate not necessarily their parents having gone through a divorce but actually You know, we can look back at our parental relationships and even with the presence of a parent or both your parents, there can be some abandonment wounds created or some distress created, even if both parents are present, for example, but there is some emotional unavailability or immaturity going on with the household. so. What would you say are the biggest patterns that you've had to work through when it's come to looking at your inner child and also these CFS kind of triggers and symptoms?
1: So I think for me, the key thing was feeling like a scared child. Like I'd go go to like job interviews or at work and I'd, I'd struggled a lot with my voice and speaking. Like my inner child was like so shy and... For some reason, I had a lot of shame around that. Like, I didn't even want to admit that I was shy. Yeah, I don't know why, but it's like one of those things. Like, why? Why do we feel shame about something that we can't help? But I did feel a lot of shame about it, and feeling like, you know, I'd see people who were like younger than me, and I felt like they were like more of an adult than I was. Like, I just, yeah, I just felt like a scared child a lot of the time. i struggle in like like interviews and like meetings. Like, I. My voice would literally, like, be mute. Like, I wouldn't be able to speak. Or if I did speak, I wouldn't be able to speak in coherent sentences. <laughs> it's like, oh, my body would just shut down and freeze. And, yeah, so, like, even, like, if we did this six months ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this, which is, like, just shows, like, how far I've come.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Like, for the last couple of years, you've obviously done so much work to be able to you know be able to speak about this get to that point for you and I think it's really really common like I relate on a very personal level about feeling shame for like even being shy as if like almost masking it and pretending to the outside world like I'm not shy like you know we're conditioned to you think that that's really unacceptable and I know that yeah it, it makes it so much worse when we're really hiding from these different parts of us when actually all of this work and what we're really doing here, when we're going through this healing journey and for you and for for me, it came out in our, in our bodies physically, which a lot of the time if we're storing suppressed emotions and we haven't really worked on a lot of that stuff and being highly sensitive, it can come out in these ways, but also, yeah, it's just amazing that we can actually do this work on a really conscious level and find ourselves back into that that wholeness and that place where we're we're not ashamed of ourselves and we're actually bringing these parts to light and we're finding ourselves being able to integrate all of these different parts.
1: Yeah. So yeah, thank you. I'm glad that I'm not the only one, and you can relate. That's the thing because we don't talk about these things, so we don't know that other people feel it too. So yeah, I <laughs> it's nice to hear that. It's like oh yeah, I'm not the only one in the world who feels like this. Yeah. Um, which it definitely does feel like a lot of the time. Also one thing I found through doing all of this work is like bringing my inner child out more it's like I almost felt her even more and like became more sensitive and more shy and I think obviously those emotions were like all those feelings were like coming up to be healed but it's like yeah it was quite interesting like when I started this journey that those kind of became even more heightened like I guess i I'd learned ways to like try and manage it and go through the world but obviously it was just like for example if I was going to like an interview I'd like do my affirmations and my power poses and my voice exercises and then I'd be able to get through an interview maybe but then I wasn't be able I couldn't sustain it it was like I'd just be exhausted afterwards and then when I got the job then I wouldn't be able to like be in that state again like on a regular basis Mm -hmm. so it kind of felt like a plaster yeah Whereas now like like that actually like comes from within, like that confidence and like that self-expression that I just didn't have before.
0: Yeah, I love what you said about it being a plaster, because I think there's a lot of things that we are taught to do, you know, the quick fixes that can just be that band aid, just to kind of get through or get to, you know, get through the interview, as you said, you said power poses, which I know that is something I've tried to kind of give you that false confidence. I don't know if that's kind of where you're going with that. But just like Mm -hmm. trying all these things that were really just masking the real problem when the actual thing was for you to get in touch with the inner child and do a lot of the deeper work than what we're all really shown is important, you know?
1: Mm, Exactly.
0: So I do have another question on that because I'm really interested about the blocks around your voice and how you've really come so far on this journey of being able to just even give yourself, you know, more space to use your voice and of course the blockages that we have within our throat chakra and using our voice are connected to so many things and I think a lot of people will relate to this you know fear of being heard fear of being seen keeping ourselves quiet not speaking up for ourselves and we know that this can lead very much onto these chronic illnesses and chronic symptoms that we've both experienced but how would you say you've really been able to um move through this what kind of tools and practices have you worked with to support you in this activation of your voice?
1: So i say it's a combination of of working with Trudy and all the work we've done together and um, we, we did sessions specifically on my voice mm-hmm. um, and then also with my own energies like like I said the first step in my inner child healing is safety so really like just nurturing my inner child and using those energies of safety, feeling like it's
0: safe to be
1: myself and it's safe to be seen and be heard.
0: Yeah. So it's a really key thing that you said around creating safety with the inner child first, which I think is huge. And I think is so overlooked in the fact that like we are as adults responsible for healing that part of us. And so much of the time when we're moving through the world, there is this scared, unsafe part of us, you know, a part of us that feels unsafe, which is that younger part of us. So it's really good to hear that both CFS school, which for those that don't know, is a combination of mind-body work, like coaching, mindset, cognitive work, and then bottom-up approaches through using the nervous system. And I think you've just added a whole nother layer in terms of this energy frequency work that you've been working on as well. So I I feel like just sharing this story is going to be really inspiring for a lot of people on a healing journey, but also those that are navigating chronic symptoms and anything to do with our sort of mind body connection, mind body disorders as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I think, like you said earlier, like obviously my experiences with my parents' difficult divorce, but then. There's so many other ways that this can show up. Like, you know, most of us have some kind of trauma from childhood or, like you said, abandonment worries or, like, something that is affecting us now and we might not even realise that that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I think as well, we're becoming better as society, you know, in talking along the lines of trauma and emotional kind of experiences that should be addressed. But... I think I think there's still a lot of skepticism around healing something like chronic symptoms with energy work or with mind body work. I don't know what your experience is of that, or whether there was like any skepticism in terms of your own healing journey.
1: I mean, yeah, like when you first introduced me to CFS, school, I, I was skeptical and I was thinking, oh yeah, this isn't going to work for me. Like, but then also seeing people, other people's stories, and your own story of where how it is working for you. And like how far people have come. And then again, I, I pulled a card on it as um, the Rebecca Campbell deck. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but you know. I know. Um, yeah. So, the, and I pulled a card like a few times, like whether I should do the course or not. And I always got like this card that just has loads of yeses like, yes, 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 yes. yes. Don't think about it. Just say yes. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this course then. <laughs> when in
0: not consult the deck. <laughs> they never <Exactly>. wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, like again, maybe if I didn't have that, then I might have been skeptical and not done it. But. Yeah, that's why all these tools kind of like intertwine and work well together.
0: And I think, you know, I think ultimately the energetic work that you're talking about really, you know, it does tie into what we learn on, you know, the mind-body connection, why chronic illness and chronic symptoms really stem from faulty uh, programming, you know, within our our wiring. But also really deeper than that is is this inner child programming and traumas that we have experienced. So I know you've said that this has been really kind of powerful in connecting into different Sort of frequencies of say happiness and different states. So for people kind of on the outside, that may feel a bit confusing. Like, what do they what do you mean generate happiness? Like, how can I do this for myself? So, is there any sort of insight you can give to to people in terms of how you would actually go about doing this?
1: So, like when we do the visualizations of happiness, for example, then it's just like creating that, but like on like a much stronger level. I would say the first stage is like feeling safe in your body. Yeah, like when we when we breathe in the energies or drink the energies and it's like you're literally feeling it go like all all through your body like through your toes all the way up to your head imagine it like going going all around so yeah definitely the body is a big part of it
0: And I I feel like this is, again, another word that gets spoken about a lot. I actually talk about it a lot, feeling safety, cultivating safety, you know, looking at how we can really, through a felt sense, feel safe within our bodies. So could you shed any light, like any kind of perspective or words for listeners to be able to gauge what that means or how you would describe sort of feeling safe in your body?
1: Just feeling, like, comfortable in yourself. So again, like, obviously, when we have, these chronic symptoms is that's one way we can not feel safe in our body because I think a lot of us, myself included, feel trapped by our bodies when we mentally want to be able to do things but our body's not doing what we want it to. So like that can be like one way, for example, that we don't feel safe in our bodies. Again, it kind of goes back to me about like like how when when you have emotions and you have to feel your feelings, it's kind of like that, but like with your body. So even if you're having these chronic symptoms or you have like. You know, when we have a headache, for example, we take a a pill to block it out. Whereas what we've learned is that you can actually feel
0: into it and feel what it's trying to tell you. And then that's how it goes away. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So I think that's like a really beautiful explanation. So just to kind of reflect back how I see that it's like really understanding our sensations that we experience, you know, the emotions that are like moving through us can be felt as sensations without even like a story being put onto it. And actually if we start to, Uh, listen to those feelings those sensations and kind of meet them where they're at and see really what they're about what they're showing us you know that feeling of shame may be bubbling up that we may have suppressed down and squashed beneath us but when we start to get in touch with our body and start to do this work and we can connect into our body and build a narrative that is saying you know it's safe to feel this and go into it and really start to feel what this emotion is there for and with that presence with your breath with your awareness in that space with that feeling we can start to just allow that to dissipate and also take the wisdom from what that's showing us
1: Mm, exactly
0: yeah and I feel like with this sort of feeling safe in your body I do feel like that is a huge part of being able to regulate our nervous system and to be able to actually move through our lives really as adults and it does start with helping that inner child start to feel safe and we can do this with so many different things I know that it isn't a quick fix. It's really, you know, there's many tools to do it. But as you were speaking, I started to think of, we get to go on this journey where we start to really trust ourselves. So that can look like really unpicking all of those beliefs and stories that kind of tell ourselves that, you know, we, we're not safe to show up as we are. And when we start to unpick all of those beliefs around, it's not safe to be me, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, all of that stuff. When we start to unpick that, we start to create more wholeness within our in ourselves and within our body and then we can just move through the world like move through our day-to-day with more ease and that builds a, a sense of self-trust where we're like you know it is actually safe to be me it's okay to use my voice it's okay to set boundaries it's okay to do all of this stuff and in in that itself we're looking at breaking down these patterns and programs and, conditioning and Yeah, it sounds like on an energetic level with the processes and practices you're doing with um, Trudy, but now also offering yourself that you're actually going into this with a real felt sense. And as you said, with like 5D energies, quantum energies and a real different perspective, which I love. So, yeah, I'd love to hear more about the work that you're offering. I know obviously as you said you got introduced to this energy work but you actually discovered how to work with kind of the frequencies of plants and flowers through your own kind of trial and error and your own guided journey so do you want to share a bit about how this looks for you now and the way that you're actually sharing this in the world yeah so like
1: I think I discovered in in the pandemic actually my connection my really strong connection to nature and how it energizes and refreshes me. Like for example, when I was when I was really ill still, I could go for a walk in nature, but I couldn't sit in a cafe, which doesn't really make any sense because you'd think energetically sitting in a cafe would be less energy. But for me, like this the energy of nature is always like, well, since the pandemic I realized that it's really resonated with me and really energized me. And then I realized or learned that my core spirit guides nature spirits
0: yeah And how are you sharing this now how can people benefit from this work or if anyone's really curious about the way that you're actually offering this
1: yeah so basically all the tools that i've been working on my on myself for the past year now i'm offering to other people to help them for the same reasons so anyone who's feeling like a scared child or really fearful and struggling then I help them to like meet their inner child and really nurture them and through this cosmic tea party we bring in the energies of flowers both on earth and cosmic and then that energy creates safety in the inner child. I call my workshop from fearful to playful because that's what it really does. When I first met my inner child she was so like afraid whereas now she just wants to play and I just I just did one of these workshops and then People had a similar experience. Something that came up a lot was soothing. Like a lot of people felt just felt really soothed by the energies.
0: Yeah. That's powerful and I know how beneficial inner child healing work is and it's great just to hear like everyone else's sort of transformations and journeys because there are actually so many different things that people can move through that is so deeply connected to their inner child that actually people don't really know that so much of the time if we can just create this loving nurturing compassionate relationship with that scared younger part of us that didn't really get what it needed in childhood that we can actually shift so much just by doing that and just Just by offering it that soothing kind of nurturing loving voice so yeah i think that's really really beautiful and i I wanted to ask another question and hear kind of your perspective on this what would you say for anyone that would hear this kind of work that is hasn't really ever been introduced to any of this work that we're speaking on and may kind of see this energetic work uh, the more spiritual side of things, is a little bit woo-woo. Is there anything you would say that could make someone be like, you know what, I'm going to give this a, tra- a try. And, yeah, is there anything you can say from your perspective?
1: Energy is all around us. We, it impacts us, whether we know it or not, it's impacting you. Like, for example, if you think about the moon, changing, it changes whole tides. Like, obviously, the science hasn't necessarily caught up, but you can feel, like, everyone who experiences where it feels it like they can feel the difference especially like people who are empaths obviously are sensitive to energies anyway so they know on some level that how energy can affect them
0: it's so true like again just just being able to observe. <clears throat> as you say like science hasn't necessarily caught up and i sort of know i've got friends and people that are very skeptical of this kind of work and uh, you know their argument would be it's not proven by science you know da da da. like how can we be sure and and also I think from from my perspective it's like when you're in this space I know for me you know you get down to rock bottom you get down to a place where you think like I'm just going to give something a try and why wouldn't you I know that a lot of the time like when I've been in that space where I'm like why wouldn't i try something new i'm going to try whatever i can to kind of help me shift and move out of this space and i know that being with chronic symptoms can be a really low journey at parts you know it can be really lonely it can be really hard and just navigating all of that is yeah is difficult so i think for people, it's really important to stay open minded when it comes to kind of navigating any of these things, especially you know, even if it's not necessarily manifested as a physical symptom like um, chronic fatigue or chronic pain or all these other sort of mind body disorders. But even the emotional level, if you're aware you're kind of suffering from things, I always really encourage people to just stay with an open mind when it comes to trying something slightly more alternative. And I think just by us having this conversation is actually helping a lot more people be exposed to this work as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah I think that's exactly it it's like as you said like when you hit bottom which for I know for myself with CFS we felt like it it's like you're willing to try anything like you'll do whatever it takes to not feel like that anymore Yeah, and then I know other people who've been skeptical and they try it and it works and it's like They see the physical, like the physical differences in themselves, and so or the emotional differences. So you know, it it works. Sorry, I don't know what
0: to say. (laughs) You're right. It works. It works. That's the thing. It works. And I think sometimes all you need is like one person's story to say like you've been able to heal from X Y Z, and for people to see that. And for me, I know that definitely has given me hope at many points in my healing journey from whatever it's been that I've been moving through to see that someone else has gone through that and actually all I need is just proof that one person can move through it with these tools and then you know I I allow myself to stay with that kind of hope and trust. Mm,
1: exactly because like I f- forgot to mention that I also was a coach or I think I mentioned that actually but anyway you know like in coaching they say your first client is yourself and it's the same thing with this it's like my I was my first client and then so I can see how much it's worked for me and changed myself and now I'm seeing how it's impacting others as well. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful that you've like turned this around, you're still working through different layers, you're bringing it all together and you're now offering like so much magic for people so... I wanted to just finish on one final question before I get you to share some details about how people can find you. But is there anything that you would suggest or offer around any practices that have been particularly helpful that anyone may be going through different psychosomatic symptoms, going through uh, difficult emotional challenges, for example, that they can just do at home that will really start to help and support them connecting back to their inner child?
1: Yeah, so I would say like, bring in the element of play so just connect with your inner child however you want to do that that can be through like getting a colouring book or for those who have chronic symptoms where they're not physically able to do much you know you can do it all in your imagination just like what I used to do was lie in bed and imagine taking my inner child to the zoo or to see some animals or take them on a nice day trip and connect and play that way so what, whatever play looks like to you, just bring in some joy and some
0: play. That's so good. I love the fact that you can visualize this whole process, like taking your inner child to the zoo, and you don't even have to like leave the house. So, like, there's no excuses really. <laughs> exactly. It's It's free. <laughs> you can do it from the comfort of your bed, your home, like. And I think that's another thing as well. Some people get kind of put off by the visualization sort of process because I know that me myself as well have found that quite difficult where I've almost struggled to even cultivate or create something in my mind. And something that really helped me, actually, I had a session with somebody in Guatemala, which was about cultivating, again, this connection back to my inner child. And I really struggled to get into the visualization practice. And they said something so simple. And it was like, just pretend like just pretend and I was just like oh and the minute (laughs) that I said that I was like oh okay and I just I realized that that just changed everything I can just pretend I can just find myself in this for example play I can just find myself doing these things and I can just make it all up I can create this and I think it was just that permission that I needed that actually shifted a lot for me in terms of how powerful the visualizations can be and and what I was getting from those practices
1: oh I love that that's a that's a really great tip right so for me another another tip would be you know maybe you can't see something but you can connect with other senses like maybe you can feel something or smell something or hear something so it doesn't just have to be visual like just trying to maybe connect to other senses as well can help
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Like, what can you smell? What can you feel? What can you taste? Like, yeah, I think that actually could be really, really helpful for a lot of people. So is there anything else that you wanted to add or share? Any words of encouragement or anything that's kind of coming intuitively to you right now that you want to share before we close the episode?
1: So what, what is coming to me is you can do it. So wherever you are in your healing journeys or whatever you're struggling with at the moment, you know, there is hope, things can change and you can do it.
0: Yeah, I love that for sure and i think this conversation will help people realize that wherever they're at there's people going through it you're never alone there are tools out there and don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to ask for support and trust the process trust the journey and also just be open to different things as you know as you've heard in this episode Jenny was kind of a pivotal part in me getting a diagnosis of cfs and actually I ended up really helping her and supporting her by giving her the awareness to sign on to a program that helped me heal from chronic fatigue syndrome so it's just allowing yourself to be open and and really seeing the connection of all of these different parts of your own journey and you know knowing that it's okay for things to not make sense in the moment and knowing that everything will work out and yeah a big part of that is trust so yeah i love speaking to you today it's been so amazing and for anyone that wants to kind of get in touch with you, see what you've got to offer, where can they find you and how can they get involved in things that you're sharing at the moment?
1: Yeah, thank you. So um, they can follow me on social media. So Instagram is Jenny M Stapleton and Facebook is Jenny Stapleton. I um, also this workshop um, that I've been talking about, I'll be doing again in January. So if they want to know about that, then be the first on the waiting list then they can email me at hello at jennystapleton.com or just follow me on social media and I'll be posting about it.
0: Beautiful amazing. It's been so good to talk. And yeah, I'll pop all of the links in the show notes as well for anybody. And yeah, it's just been amazing. Thank you so much, Jenny. And yeah, I've loved having you here.
1: Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been great being here.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at IamRachelKelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.